Enter the crib. Your strike back sit rep starts in three, two, one. Wait, do we go on zero? Welcome back, Beavers. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Deb, and we are very excited to welcome a very special guest who we had so hoped to have on last season. Um, but as the podcasts were getting longer and longer, it just became, mm, no, we're not going to be able to do that. So we've got him on for the whole season recap for last season, which is going to be awesome. And our guest today is Fraser McDonald, who is a very experienced director. And for Strike Back, he's actually the second unit director who joined on episode five, block three, last season and is still with us. So <laughs> he is the man that knows what's going on. And if you're following along on our casts and crews, um, social media pages, you know this guy is beloved because everybody talks about him. Everybody loves working with him. So we are very excited to have you here today. Thank you. That's very nice to hear. Thank you. You were definitely the guy that everybody mentioned. Every really? single person we talked to in every podcast mentioned you. It was like the like Warren, Dan, Alain, and Jack, and Fraser. And that was like everybody talked about it. So we were so excited. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. No, thanks for having me. It's great. I've been listening to. I was listening to. I was keeping up to date with everything last year. All your weekly podcast and listening to the crew and it was really nice to bring back memories and, and also uh, sort of tight set up the next series when I was meeting them all again so like people like Shapcott and everybody so it was always good to hear their voices. Oh that's so cool that you listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so I think a lot one of the things we try to do on the podcast if you've been listening is to kind of give fans a little bit of a behind the scenes in, in the way that uh a television show is put together. Mm -hmm. um, and most people know what a director is, but a lot of fans don't understand that there's more than one director that works on a show, that there's all kinds of stuff going on at all times when a yeah. show is being filmed, that it isn't that it isn't like going to a play and that you start at A, everybody works on everything, and you end at Z, mm -hmm. that there are pieces and parts going on, you know, simultaneously. So can you give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what a second unit director does and how that differs from, you know, a lead director on a block and what second, a little follow-up, what makes such an experienced lead director for television like yourself decide to take on kind of a different beast in becoming a second unit director on an action show? Oh, well, probably the easiest way to do it. Well, I'll answer the second part first. If I, that's probably the easiest bit. Um, I got a phone call. Um, Mark Everest was the second unit director on season, the Malaysian season. Um, and he obviously got offered a main unit block. So they were needing a second unit director to take over from for the last three blocks. And uh, my name was put in the mix. I, I'd worked with Sharon Huth, the exec producer, when she was a producer and an exec on some shows. And uh, and my name got put in. And within 10 days of my name being put in, I was on a, a boat going up a river in Malaysia with Steve Schill <laughs> telling me where the uh, the seaplane was going to land and what rocket, where the rocket's going to fire at it. 
So it was kind of um, it kind of happened really quickly. Um, it was kind of a whirlwind. The, the reason I sort of picked it was that I'd never done second unit before, and I'd, um, and I was at a sort of point where I, there was a couple of jobs that I'd been going up for and I hadn't got and stuff. And the show itself, well, there's there's another little story as well. But the sh the show itself had, um, was a, a show that you don't get a chance to do that sort of stuff in British television a lot. You know, right. it, it, you and also as a director, that that in itself, that much stunt work, that much action, that much mechanics of of um, making a show like that, that was something that really appealed to me to be part of. And also as a director. Um, you kind of you, you work a lot with people, but you never work alongside directors a lot. You're very cocooned in your own little moment and your own two eps or your own part of that story. So for me, it was it was a chance to work alongside, or work for different directors and and see different directing styles and see how they interpreted the story differently, and that really appealed to me as well. The the the, the sort of like. The sort of weird little coincidence about Strike Back was that in February of last year, I got a phone call from a very good friend called Alec Newman, <laughs> uh, who um, wanted some advice because he was going for an audition. And uh, <laughs> and I was like, all right. So we started chatting about it, and he told me about it. And I was like, okay. And and we were chatting about it. And I said, oh, is this Strike Back you're going up for? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And he started explaining to me. And I was like, oh. And then he would phone me back and tell me how it go. And he got a call back and everything. And then he got the part. And he was telling me about it, and I was like, "Oh, that's really good, really good. It sounds really good." But deep down inside, I was going, "You jammy bugger!" I was like, "That's something I would really like to be part of." <laughs> that sounds amazing. What you're doing out in Malaysia? Oh, great! And it's oh wow! And it's like you know. So and eventually, when it did come up, it was like it just felt like there was you know, it was a bit of an alignment of something that um, felt right. And ironically, I ended up doing quite a, work, a lot of work with Alec. Um, I did quite a few scenes with Alec on on the show itself as it happened, and it was um, it was just one of those things. So that's how I got there. What what a second unit uh, director all on straight back. I I kind of went into the thinking exactly the same as probably everybody else does. What second unit does? It does a bit of stuntage and it does a bit of um, GVs and picks up shots that have been dropped and you follow behind the main unit and mop up. Yes, we do. Yes, second unit on straight back do do that, but there's far more involved as well. It's it's a show that's shot over two episodes are shot over 34 days, 24 of which are on main unit, and 10 of which are on second unit. And that's not to say that there's a full 10 days on second unit. So that does mean that we would end up doing really complicated or really emotional beats for with the main cast and the guest cast. We will do stunts. We will do uh, car chase, chases. We we kind of the, there's because it's you know the show it's so jam packed everything. There has to be certain sequences that just would never be achievable, or would be something that would maybe have three hours to do on main unit. You can have five hours to do it on second unit, and so that we can spend more time doing it properly or not properly, but more time getting every all the all the footage that we would need. Uh, so quite a lot of car work would come to second unit, a few explosions, quite a few explosions would come to second unit, um, as well as scenes that in locations that would not necessarily not be feasible for the main unit to do, second unit being smaller, say smaller, it was still about 80 people. 
um, uh, would would be able to move quickly and go and get that done, and say do three scenes in a day rather than doing six, but um, with location moves and stuff. So we could we could get those night really good locations that directors, main unit director, would really want to shoot in, but um, necessarily wouldn't have the time to do it in the main unit. So that's kind of what we we were a backup, but it's basically a backup. Yes, we do pickups. Yes, we do all the wee insert shots that have been dropped every now and then. But on the other side of that, we do the big, big sequences as well. So some big sequences. So yeah, so so it was it was like a yeah, it was a real eye opener when I arrived. <laughs> when, you know, when I got the schedule, I went, oh, you you're giving me that scene and you're giving me that scene and you. I mean, my first scene that I did, I suppose I can talk about it now, is that um, the first scene I shot was um, Pavel shooting Wyatt. Oh which, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big one yeah that's so, and I was like really I'm, I'm this is, are you sure you just don't want me to blow up something or you know and I was like right this is so this is what the gig is and this is that, that so then that was great and it was a real sort of um not an eye-opener but a real right and I kind of I'm not this little thing that just goes off and picks up shots of phones wow so I'm curious because I guess in my head I always think about you know directors having this very clear vision sort of you know you have to have an idea of what you want mm -hmm. things to look like and how they're going to go and how it's going to be put together and you have these sort of strong visions how the how you work with a main director to ensure that like that comes through but it's also like a through line through the whole show how how is that dynamic work with the the lead director um, and, and you working together? Uh, well, it happens through a lot of conversations and prep and just time um, with them. As much as I, I try and spend as much time when I'm not shooting, I try and go on main unit set and sit with the director to get a feel of how what style they're using, what how they're how they're implemented, what way they're sort of pushing the little nuances of where they are with the the cast. Um, but also, you mean Jack's writing as well. The, 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 there is a, a real good, strong through line of the story. So in a way, being a second unit director, you, you're sort of like a, a servant of two masters, for want of a better term. You know, you're, you're dealing with, you're wanting to uh, supplement and, and help and, and um, satisfy the main unit director, but also at the same time, you're, you're working towards the script and the story. And those two things should always go hand in hand. Um, and, up, and, and straight back they do. I mean, uh, um, I was very wary when I first started. I, I, I was very lucky to have Steve Schill as my the first director I worked with. Um, and Steve was very open. You, you know, after a couple of conversations with me, he sort of mentioned the style and 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 certain um, motivations of some characters. And then he was quite happy to let me go off and do it. I mean, it's it's. I think it's. It, it's not, it's very hard in Britain. We don't really have that much second unit stuff or if it ever is second unit, it's a pickup unit. You know, it's to pick up stuff, the shots that we have, have been dropped or it's not as wholesale giving off scenes or farming off scenes to give to another another person that will be um, ultimately shooting stuff that will end up in an edit with other people's names on it. You know, a main unit director's name on it. And, it, and I was very, having a main unit director's head on, very wary of that and, and felt very responsible about trying to fulfill what they needed. I mean, I've, I've been lucky that I've managed to work with Bill Eagles three times now and, and Bill's, Bill's kind of now 
off you go, or I can go up to Bill and tell him what I think, or um, and you'll either agree with him or disagree with me, or go, oh, that's interesting, but what happens if you try like this? So it's all about conversation and just dialogue, uh, and constantly being, just checking up and, and making sure. Some some of the directors would be very adamant about what how they wanted it shot and what would be needed to be shot, and you would always, would always be aware of getting exactly that type of material but then giving them a bit more so it'd be a case of getting exactly what i think they needed or what i was told they wanted and then i would do something else on top of that so just so they've got that option if they wanted to use it because things it's very easy to sit in a room and, and talk about something that you know the best tv happens or the best film happens in pre-production almost because when everything's there and when everything's ready and that's what how you see it before anything comes into the mix weather traffic or whatever and then on the day obviously little things can cause changes and stuff so and time and everything so uh, you have to adapt and hopefully you're prepped enough and you're in the dialogue enough and constant communication enough to let them know exactly the main unit director exactly what's happening and also the support off of the producers as well that the producers are often going back and forth. I mean, Jack would sit with me some days in second unit and Nula would be down and Lawrence and Andy, uh, not Lawrence, but some Andy Morgan would be down quite a bit. And this year, the producers would be flipping between the two, depending on the, the nature of the scenes. Just, you know, and co that constant communication would be happening. And the actors, I mean, the actors themselves, I mean, uh, our guys, they're through lines of their characters and they know their scenes and they know their motivation and what way they're going to go. They're very good at um, pushing that through and getting that through in each scene. So there's that constant line, whether it's on main unit or second unit, is the actors, is our, is our cast. You mentioned that you would shoot um, shoot the scene the way that the lead director sort of mm -hmm. led, led you to do it, and then you would give a little bit more, shoot a mm -hmm. little bit more. How often does that little bit more end up being used? Uh, <sighs> Um, I'd say 50, 55% of the time, you know? Wow. And half. It all depends whether, when I say a little bit more, it may be just a different angle or it may be just a quirk in the scene or something like that or finding something different. It's not a major difference, you know? It's not, the, 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 I mean, Jack's very tight in how he writes scenes, so mm -hmm. I think you, you kind of know where they're leading and you find it. But he's also what what you find with Jack's writing is that there's very it's very nuanced in the way that you start you can start unpicking it and go oh well actually actually and there's there's layers to it it's like you know we joke it's like an onion you know it's like uh, there's many layers to Jack you know you can well oh that you know so there's sometimes you find things in the floor a little bit and and because Jack really writes action with emotion and plot rather than just pure out and out action right. So, you always have to find those beats within a gunfight. Something will happen halfway through a gunfight and you'll go, right, I really need to get this and we really need to make sure that we've hit those moments, etc. And I think that's the same for main and second unit. So, uh, and, and making sure that those conversations happen in, in prep before so that you know when you come on to that day that that is exactly how you try and hit and attack those scenes. So you pick up, uh, you came on in uh, episode five, which is when we're mm -hmm. introduced to our slimy DEA agent, for those uh, <laughs> people remember, played by the fabulous Victoria Smurfette, who was hysterical when we talked to her. Yeah. She is so funny. 
But there is a scene, and I'm going to ask if you were the director for it, that, that Deb has raved about. It's the, to me, I thought, what a funny thing to notice, where there, at the very beginning of the episode, there's the car crash and then the crunching of the scorpion. And yeah, Deb was, was like, that was the most amazing. Okay, I had to ask if that was you. <laughs> that scene, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, that scene was actually shot. Um, <laughs> That scene was actually shot in block five. Uh, so the, Are you the, kidding? Really? No, the original, the original opening, I think Jack touched on in a podcast, the original, the, the, the way that the episode originally opened up was the car was already crashed. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they decided that it would be good just to have sort of a, like a little preamble. And, uh, and that, that, uh, actually that day, um, I'll tell you about that day. That day we started off in the morning and we went to, and luckily, um, I, I can't remember, originally it was going to start with a chase and then it sort of got cut down. I think it was a time issue or, or, or something. So luckily Steve Schill had already talked about how, what he'd imagined for that chase. And that was all ringing. By that time he was back in London cutting, but, and I spoke to him, I managed to speak to him and, and say, it's just as, how you talked about on the recce. So, but the, but then Jack had decided that he wanted a scorpion. <laughs> so, so we spent, yes, we spent, um, we, yeah, there, yeah, that scorpion was interesting. That was, I think that was the third take of the scorpion where it managed to just sort of like run in Camden and run towards the, the cars. There was one where it ran towards the cameraman or cameraman Jorge and I haven't seen him move that quick. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and then so we did that in the morning. So we and luckily I, it works quite well. I mean the 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 pickup between the shot of the car hitting the tree and then to the inside of the car, seeing Nemo against that. There is two and a half months between those two scenes. Oh wow! Two shots. So that's quite. I was quite chuffed that. So we did that in the morning, and then in the afternoon we had to go and um, I think Jack touched on that as well. The the big bang at the end of. Uh, uh, episode ten uh, uh -huh. with Coltrane and um, yeah, uh, yeah. Novin. Yeah. Uh, we went and then went and had to go and do that because I think they did it. They did it <clears throat> the day before and they felt that the bang wasn't big enough, so we went back and <laughs> we did it in the middle of the store. <laughs> so that was quite a mad day. <laughs> Little sounds and so big that, sounds. <laughs> that's that's what that's Crunchy what they. That's what the enjoyable thing about second, you know, is it's kind of it's sometimes you have really structured days and you know exactly what it is. And, and then other days it's like, oh, by the way, we want you to do this tomorrow. And it's like, oh, OK. And uh, and you just go, right, brilliant. Right, we're off. And uh, and so and because we're a smaller unit, we're, we're um, logistically, it's, it's, it's very easier. It's easier for us to move. I say smaller, but it's easier for us to move four trucks than it is to move tw 10 trucks like main unit so we were kind of we were kind of like um the flying squad so to speak it was good fun yeah that was a good day oh i'm so happy that one of my favorite scenes <laughs> was such a good day and i don't know why i love that scene so much i think it was just the sound is just so great <laughs> the squish yeah well yeah the, the animal handler that 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 scorpion did run towards the car and I did look at it going this is such a great shot but should I should I cut should I cut it soon when should I cut it just before the car come when do you think the scorpion will run luckily the scorpion wasn't no scorpions were harmed in the 
in the making of Strike Back. I can let you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just assume, when you talk about the one running towards your camera operator, I'm like, oh, he definitely got squished. So I'm impressed. <laughs> Yeah, we had two. One of them wouldn't play ball. The other one was really good. So, yeah. Oh, I hate diva scorpions, man. They just... <laughs> <laughs> oh. So you joined in Block 3, Episode mm -hmm. 5. Um, and I think, is that around the time that we're... Well, yeah, you you said that's that's Pavel's big reveal, too. That's when yeah, we Pavel at learned the end. that he is if not the main baddie, he's a super baddie um, mm -hmm. when he shoots Wyatt. And um, there's also all those scenes with the Zaza that were pretty intense. Mm. Did you shoot any of those scenes or um, I, I, was that? I, tend to, I, I tended to work with Alec because, I, because of the way that... Uh, the, the, the main unit tend to work with main cast as much as possible, and I, I either tend to work with the guests because of just the nature of the shooting. You want to split up the time, and, and so if there's storylines that you can hive off, ADs can hive off, or makes it easier to give more time to the main unit, then we'll take some of them. So I did quite a bit with Alec to start off with. I did quite a few of the Pavel scenes. Um, I knocked down Victoria Smurfett. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, and and and, I mean, and Pavel had shot Bezhnov at the end of episode five as well. So that, that was the Pavel. Yeah, yeah. Pavel. I was yes. We had to. Yeah, that was the one. That was the time we said the Russian and realised we should have actually done it in English. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we we picked yes. So I I I worked with Alec quite a bit on those. That moment there as well. Um, I didn't do the I didn't do the end of episode six. That was um, Steve. So. I, and I did all the Maddie side of that section as well. Ooh. That was America from Malaysia. So we had Dan reading on the phone to uh, lovely Kelly and uh, driving, singing along to Jack's tune. Yeah. In, in the car. <laughs> Trying to make Malaysia look like America. Well, you did a good job. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And we absolutely love Pavel. So to know that you were the director for most of the Pavel scenes, just... <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean, your stock's raising by the minute. Here <laughs> well, uh, not all of it. I must admit, not all of it. Bill, I mean, Mark and, I mean, I, uh, what did I do? Bill took a lot. And I, I mean, I, 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 I took, uh, well, episode 10, I was supposed to, I didn't do the, um, Mark Wolf came in and did the uh, convoy sequence because that was such an elaborate sequence. So we technically had two second unit directors on, uh, is that EP10 or EP9? It's EP9, isn't it, Convoy? EP10, can't remember. The, the Convoy was such an elaborate sequence. It needed um, a lot of planning. And Mark Wolf is such an amazing second unit director, stroke pilot, stroke. So he got three days to shoot that sequence, but he had two weeks to plan it all through and, and both units converged. But it was great that he could do that because then that convoy sequence, I think is just outstanding. Yeah. And uh, uh, and I don't think both me and Bill wouldn't have had the time during that shoot because Block 5 is a really manic block for everybody because there's, yeah. there's just no way to go at the end of it. You need to get everything done. Yeah. And often or not, it's just jam-packed full of everything. So, 
where everybody's running at full steam ahead. Uh, so Mark came, Mark Wolf came and did that. Um, and I'd, what did I, I did a, a few other things with like, Alex and Mars. But yeah, so yeah, there's a, 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 hopefully you don't, the thing about the second unit I'm always a bit aware of is like, you shouldn't notice me. You know, it's like, um, you shouldn't notice that it's a second unit job. Hopefully, you know, it should sit alongside um, main unit and you shouldn't see the joins, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of, you know, kind of try to go below the wire. Because also, it's not my name in the front of it. So, you know, I don't want to take too, talk about too much of the, <laughs> well, shouldn't, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. But there are, there are certain sequences that um, I'm very, I'm very happy with that I've, I've done. In that uh, those blocks, I'm trying to think of what else I had. The Dewanto sequence was one of mine as well, with the uh, in block uh, episode eight, uh -huh. with Warren and uh, Jamie go yeah. off to see the and then get sniped. Yeah, that, that was, was an interesting. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, that was yeah. there's a lot of stories about that one, but we won't. Yeah, there are a lot of stories. It was an interesting um, learning curve. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm curious because you said it was only ten days before you, you know, before you like get the call and then you like jump into doing this. And it's as you said, it was kind of you were a little surprised by the amount of work as second unit director mm. that you would be given and and the sort of scenes you'd be given. So what do you think was the hardest thing about? I mean, strike back is such a beast. <laughs> I mean, it's just such a huge thing. You know, what was the hardest thing coming in at that point? Well, basically getting up to speed. But what one of the <laughs> One of the best things about Strike Back is because everybody is, everybody's just really welcoming, you know. Um, and if you, I mean, dealing with stunts and uh, dealing with Sharpcott, Paul Sharpcott and his team and Adam and special effects and Martin and Tim and guns, I mean, this is all completely new to me. But they're all very, very open. So I would just go down and chat. And luckily, um, I was in the same hotel as the stunt team. So I would just sit with Paul and chat to him and talk about the scenes and he would tell me and, and, and push me in the right direction or give me tips about things. I had a, Luckily, my DOP, uh, Jorge Longares, was uh, already on the job for doing second unit, so he had a feel for it. So that was helpful, very helpful to sort of bed me in. Ultimately, you listen to a lot of people and you trust them and then you take them and you push it forward because we're all all there to achieve the same thing which is to make the best episode or the best scene or the best shot possible uh we're not the, the, you know the, you you don't try and do an okay job there's no such thing on strike back as an okay moment you know mm -hmm. i mean there's there's times that you go in the van and you go oh, you know it'll be all right but it could be better and it could be this but uh so they're all, I mean, that team just were very welcoming and and uh, and I think being trustworthy with them, um, let them be trustworthy with me. So that, it was just, it was basically the first couple of weeks were like being a sponge um, and just listening and, and get, taking advice off of everyone. And I say, as I said, um, Nula um, O'Leary, who was producing that first block, that, my first block that I did was extremely helpful as well with everything. So it points me in the right direction. And luckily, my um, workload meant that I wasn't having manic days at that time. I was doing quite nice contained stuff, then a couple of gun battles, and then Pavel 
Pavel shooting Wyatt. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't realise how big that was going to be until like block four. Oh. It's a massive moment. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was the game changer. Wow. Yeah. 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 We um yeah. Um, so no, it was. Um, I think I think basically the team around you is that you know uh, straight back such. I mean everybody says it, but it's such a a family and they are a very tight knit but welcoming family of everybody that makes it and they all love the show and they just want to make it as good as possible. So it's not that they'll pull you along. It's like they'll you, they'll support you as much as possible and definitely got that support from them all. Um, so that's. That's and then you by that time hopefully by the end of block three you're up to speed and you're you're running and you're running with the bowels and then straight into block four and then straight into block five and before you know it you're on a plane home so it was a bit mad a bit like last season this season we've just done seven months of Croatia have just disappeared like that so really it's just gone <laughs> just like, like you ran right from like block five straight into doing an entire season right. Well, I, no, well, um, I went over. I finished. We finished the uh, Malaysia in end of October. No, beginning of end of September, beginning of October, uh, and then uh, I was back over in Croatia in a beginning of April. Okay. So I had a bit of time off. A little bit. <laughs> I mean, I, I was sort of like thinking, well, I was up for other jobs and stuff like that. But then, you know, my agent was saying, oh, do you want to do this and main unit and do, you know, main director and this, main director, and I was like. Straight back phone, you know. Is, is, is there any? Are they, looking, are they still looking for a second unit director on straight back? Because you know, very hard to go. It's very hard to do another show, read scripts from another show after you know. It's like seven people talking around the breakfast tables doesn't really have the same ring to it as like they drop from the you know jump out of a helicopter firing <laughs> off. The okay, how are we gonna do that? Yeah. You're like I'm not. That's am I gonna get to blow is. something up? <laughs> yeah. That's how it is for fans too. It's really kind of hard to get into any other television shows once you've had Strike Back. Like well, my last shot, my last shot in Strike Back in Malaysia was Mike Gunn, the, the, the amazing designer of um, of that season. Was like he he called me about like five days before the end, and he said, um, "Has anybody spoke to you about this model that I want to blow up?" I went, no, but what is it? So he, he said, oh, we're, I've got, I built this rocket, a model of a rocket, missile, the, oh, um, it's meant to be iron arms, um, and I want to blow it up. Can, do you think you can blow it up? I said, yeah, I'll blow it up. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm on the internet looking at um, how to shoot models, because I've never shot a model before. I was like, how do I shoot a model? And I was speaking to Adam and Adam, Adam Howarth, our SFX supervisor, he's going, well, yeah, we, you can do all this, and there's certain lenses you can use to make it look. And I was like, so, and then I turn up in the backlog like two days before I meant to shoot this, blow up this model. And I said, so where's the model? Expecting it to be in a little shed somewhere. Uh -huh. It was about, it was about sixty foot high. <laughs> <laughs> You're like ready to do the like Titanic in the bathtub, and he's like, no, I meant like a real. It's just not a real one. <laughs> I said, I said to Michael, what you said is a model. He said, well, it's about a third of the size. So I was like, but this is not a model. So ugh. anyway, but that was that. That to me was like what Strike Work kind of summed up. You know, I was like blowing up, blowing up this massive rocket on on a Friday, and then I was home in the supermarket on Sunday, you know, jet lag, listening to people talk about jelly deals. I don't know. I don't know if they were talking about jelly deals. I don't know. How that came from. <laughs> 
talked about blowing up that rocket. Were there any things as you were, you know, getting more and more experienced um, during that season? Were there any things that you kind of hoped that you would get to do that you didn't get to do or that you would maybe do differently now? There's a couple of things. I mean, God, I'm going to next season that the season's coming up. I've certainly done more fights hand to hand combat than I did. I didn't do didn't do as much hand to hand. Uh, but next this season coming up, um, uh, I've definitely worked with Paul and, and Thomas, the fight arranger, uh, a lot more uh, in the next season. Uh, and that that was something that I kind of really wanted to do. Strike Back's kind of a, a it's, it's main unit directors, and quite rightly, want to do all the action, want to do all the gunfights, want mm-hmm. to do all the fights, you know, stuff that would normally get hived off the second unit. And second unit gets, uh, and sometimes it's why it's quite good to be what's known as an actor's director, I suppose. But you get to do the drama sometimes, you know, the the small scenes, two handers or something like that. Whereas because the, the main unit are doing all the big gunfights and all the big action, all the big explosions. Um, certainly, there's I seem to get. I, I think it just the nature of the schedule and just the nature of it was the season coming up. Definitely, there was much more action. Uh, in second unit, but there's, I think there's just generally more action left, right, and centre throughout uh, the new season, and that's not hopefully not giving too much away. No, <laughs> darn. I'm, no, like, how, no. I'm like, how? I'm like, how is there the more action? <laughs> <laughs> there's um, no dialogue. No season. dialogue. Just, just fight to fight to fight. <laughs> yeah, fight to fight to fight. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm glad. I, I think, and yeah, I would have liked to have done more hand to hand, but I'm. Um, but in the same, that was that's just with retrospect. Um, coming off of my laser, I was like, yeah. I mean, there's some sequences that I, I was really chuffed with um, when I saw come out. So this is the other thing, unfortunately, the being second unit, you don't uh, get involved in the edit. Um, so you're never, you never. So when you stop filming, that's it. You stop, which is really strange because normally for me, you've got another five or six weeks in the edit where you can go, shit, I fuck that up. Or so in my head, I'm, you know. Going, uh, I did it last year. I did it. I'm doing it this year as well. But you're replaying all the ways that you shot stuff and thinking, how, how's that working? Is that working? You don't sometimes. You see it in a cut sometimes, but whether it's possibly done the best way you could do it wasn't until I saw the episodes come out that I went, ah, that, oh, it works. God, thank God for that and moments and stuff. And you, you know, I could hopefully I'll I'll be seeing Bill soon and hopefully find out what I mucked up or didn't muck up in the. Um, <laughs> In, in block five this year so uh yeah so there's it's with hindsight um de- definitely definitely um i progress i feel like i got i've definitely progressed as an action being able to do action more this season than i did and then i was last season more prepared for it last season but again it's like it's finding the language and also just being aware of all the tropes the visual tropes which um are useful but it's how you use them and and um, and whether you use them to their fullest, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and and just being aware that the the what you think is a mundane shot sometimes isn't, you know, like a foot on, a foot on a gas pedal in a car, a car chase is a, is a great shot to have. 
but even you know, it's those little shots that nobody should really notice but they actually help build up the tension yeah. and you yeah. think oh i don't need to do that but actually it's it's a, it's it's a trope for a reason and it's there for a reason it's a language for a reason so so second unit we tend to do a lot anytime we do car chases right let's get the hand let's get the hands in the steering wheel the gear shift everything all those little shots that all that little language of action because uh, you know james cameron talks about action you know um is about increasing the heartbeat so by using the cuts so the, the, it starts becoming as the action sequence progresses the, the cuts start to become more rapid and so you need the coverage to make that those cuts rapid because you never want to keep repeating the same shot or eyes it looks like chips or something like that you know <laughs> all, the old, all, all, those old t- all those old tv shows from the 70s where yeah. they kept cutting back to the same shot yeah, yeah. yeah. no i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> picture it in my head that's hilarious so i'm curious as you i mean you talk about explosions a seaplane we've got you know pavel on a payphone time to a train like all these different shots that you have to get what was the hardest shot do you feel like you had during your your three blocks to get the hardest sequence to do we did this <laughs> the one the one that was potentially could have been the hardest but actually, it's one I'm really one of the most satisfied is I kind of sh- I shot I think kind of I shot um, sort of the the the, the I suppose that you could call it the the sibling piece to Pavel shooting um, Wyatt, which is Wyatt catching Pavel at the fish market. So uh, the chase through right yeah winding you know, through all those yeah. yeah and then the, the finally and Pavel sort of let's list that he knows where Maddie stays. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that sequence uh, was only difficult because um, <laughs> Alec had actually um, had an old football injury which flared up when he kicked Wyatt in the face, <laughs> kicking him out the, the car. Um, <laughs> when he shot told him. us that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and we had this elaborate sort of like chase sequence set up and it became apparent that Alec probably wouldn't be able to run this, the full distance that we thought we'd, we'd be able to do. So I kind of, I kind of came up with a plan. The, the, the area where the, the chase happened is sort of this like market area with stalls. So what we did is we disoriented. So we had actually a very sh- short running space, but we shot it in such a way to make it look longer. Ah, okay. It's almost like the Goodfellas thing where you're actually going around in circles uh-huh. to make it look good. So we kind of did that. There's a lot of turning corners, if you notice, and things. So, um, and I was, a, and I, that took a wee bit of planning and a wee bit of uh, uh, careful, and I was really chuffed. The hardest sequence probably for me to do, which shouldn't have been the hardest sequence, was uh, a sequence called the Dewanto sequence, only because we, unfortunately, we cast an actor who couldn't speak English. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and couldn't really read English, which was hard. So we had all these cue boards up, uh, and it's a sequence that I prepped um, massively for. And as soon as you know you end up on the floor and that happens, then all your prep goes out the window, and you have to sort of rely on instinct and okay, how are we going to get through this? How are we going to do this? 
how to change the eye lines and stuff like that. So that was that was a difficult day and a half. Um, not down to the actor. I mean, the, uh, I actually quite liked him, but there was the. But it was just a, a technical. It became a technical exercise with a gun. Not only that, but with a gunfight, with everything else going on and stuff like that. So that was a really hard sequence. So you kind of knew. Now you were leading me into that question. Um, oh no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I guess I, I had forgotten that they. That I think Andy Morgan told us that you were yeah. the one who did that. Because uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I had yeah. forgotten that and though. You're not the only person who, who's brought up that that was a challenge. No, day, no. So. Was, I mean, but that, that, that became that became a real technical Marlon yeah a real technical exercise in about how to shoot something like that with an actor and to help them through it um I mean it's not his fault he couldn't speak English or read English you know so we we, we worked that day and it, um ultimately I think maybe um it slightly suffers from it which is a shame, but hopefully, you know, the intention of the scene is still there and, and, and it sits quite nicely. Hopefully it sits all right within the episode. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it stands out for sure. Mm. So that yeah, was... That. We were surprised to learn that the actor couldn't, couldn't yeah. understand English, so, mm. yeah. So that was good. That was, that was interesting. That was an interesting day and a half, two, three days. <laughs> I totally forgot the question I was gonna ask. That's okay. You're envisioning the cue cards. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm like, how would you walk through that? How long? So, how it long? For a while, actually. That's what Mr. Warren Brown used to call me. Well, I didn't hear that. What was it? Mr. Warren Brown, my nickname was Mr. Warren Brown was Dewanto for a wee while. And I ate Dewanto, he used to say. <laughs> Which filled him with joy every time he said it. <laughs> Speaking of, did you get to shoot any of his fight scenes? Uh, in season in Malaysia. Oh, Warrens. Yeah. In Malaysia, no. no, unfortunately okay. not. No. But we have some of that to look forward to for next season, huh? Possibly. I'm. I, I'm not saying. Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, <laughs> I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Warren probably oh, well, fights know, in the next season. <laughs> A few fights. Because yeah. that's like we one of everybody's favorite. Yeah. Yeah. We love the fights. Yeah, we um, do. And just, uh, this is just a little um, thing for our American audiences who probably don't know what chuffed means, but All chuffed right. is like proud or happy with or, mm. um, so just throwing that in there. <laughs> when, you, when you hear him say, I was really chuffed with that. That's what he means is that he was very happy with it or very proud of it. So. So, Did you remember your question? <clears throat> no, so go ahead. <laughs> I thought you would have asked about the um, culture in Chetri scene. Oh, <gasps> okay. Well, let's ask about that. Yeah, like <laughs> you, know, you, you filmed that. Uh, did you not really like that scene? Was that? Not oh, my, of course we loved that scene, but we didn't oh know you filmed God. that. You were like labeling all the ones, and you didn't even mention them. <laughs> <laughs> that's like my top scene of the whole thing i think <laughs> yeah all right talk about it dude <laughs> jen's but, like but, just but, talk I, come I, on tell us dish <laughs> i mean well it's it's it, i think it was the all there on the page it was definitely there was definitely i remember it's a very um i remember it being jamie wanting to kick a chair away 
That's what he wanted to do. That was the opening. The, the first, he was very adamant. I, I want to push this chair away. I want to, and I said, okay, push it. But what are you going to do? He said, so I'm going to kick it away because I'm frustrated. I was like, okay, you're frustrated. So that that meant that we were starting that scene in in gear five almost, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and often you want to want to work up the gears rather than starting in the high gear. So we were, I think, through blocking and discussion, we we came up with this. I mean, and I, and conversations I've had with Jack about Jamie's backstory, and I think and and I think actually that the intention of Coltrane is implicit in the writing of that scene. But what's something that we sort of all talked about was how Coltrane had actually was running parallel with Pavel at that point. Pavel had gone rogue and so had Section 20. So who's who's the baddie? Who's the who watches the watchman, so to speak? And I think what we were trying to do is encapsulate a little bit of that feeling in that little walk across. I mean, that walk across was definitely all Jamie, you know. I mean, I, I, I said, just do it slowly. Just have a bit of, and he went, oh, like I'm going to kill her. And I was like, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right back in that scene. It was just brilliant. And, and there was a moment that it was like, is this is this Donovan, you know, part two? We're about to have a CEO just going to kill. Yeah. Yeah. And Chetri, and, and for V, it was like, I think V wanted to stand up to him, which made total sense as well. You know, because that scene kind of encapsulated. I think it was definitely there on the page with Jack had written, but it was definitely um, a scene where those two characters really came to the fore. That they're, they're under the undertow of those two characters, mm-hmm. Chetri being about discipline and going by the book, everything, order, order, order. Whereas, and having that world taken away from her, and realizing that possibly she either has to jump into the Section Twenty mode. And then, and Jamie realizing that, and and you know, Chetri holding up uh, a deep dark mirror to Coltrane, I think. And that walk being important, that walk was, I mean, that walk, we wanted them, I needed them to be together at the end, and I wanted them to be face to face. And it felt that there needs to be, it can't just be a rush over, there needs to be something stat, something intent in that movement. And that's and Jamie just brought that to the fore, hundred hundredfold. And as yeah, you say, yeah. and that little look that he does at the end and the smile. So it always amazes me what an actor can do is you know just to break the tension a little bit and just sell it. And it's and he, those two really came to the fore in those in that scene. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That definitely. was that was sort of the genesis of it. Oh, the contained oh, rage in that scene is just remarkable. I mean, uh, I remember talking about this with Kelsey when we were doing the review of it and that, um, you know, I, I really had that moment where I thought, holy hell, he's going to kill her. And mm. and a lot of people, it seemed, didn't, didn't go there. But that mm. look on his face and that just, you know, the, the intensity that went into him not completely losing it and containing that rage was just brilliant. It, it's truly just a brilliant scene. Because that moment is yay. actually... Yeah, you! <laughs> well, yeah, everybody, I think. <laughs> I mean, for me, that, that, that moment when he decides not to do anything, or, or the fuse, I mean, it's like the idea of, of people with fuses, and Pavel Soul has had the fuse removed, the social fuse removed, through who he is and through indoctrination, whereas Coltrane still has that fuse, which 
can break, you know, and, and he can go, okay, actually. And that's the point where he stops being running alongside Pavel. And, you know, for me, that he's, he's no longer gone rogue, you know. And uh, it's, it's great. It was good. It was good scene. It was good to do. You could feel it in the room. Mm. Well, that's good. Well, well I'm you glad you brought feel that it up. on screen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that up. Well, we are actually coming up on uh, on our on our hour, so I think we'll. Do you want to ask him the rap question since I asked Jack on the last one? Um. Sure. Yeah. We have a standard sort of rap question that we're that we ask everyone. Um. And it was actually a, a question that. Um, Philip Winchester gave to me during one of our one of my interviews with him, and it was um, in you know looking back at working on Strike Back, he definitely you know it was it was definitely an experience in which um, you go through a there's a lot of highs there's a lot of lows you're going through a lot of shit together as a team, and you mentioned that as well that you know it's very much a team approach so. We are asking everyone what maybe two of the high points of your season were and maybe what two of the more challenging or low points of your season were for this season. We'll get them next season. Next yeah, time. yeah, yeah. And it can be work or personal. We've had both. So. Yeah. I mean, well, not definitely. not super personal. I just mean like Dan was like the toilets were the worst part. That was like his low thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, definitely the highs was just meeting some people that I probably, hopefully, will keep in touch with for the rest of my life, who are just such an amazing bunch of of people from all over. I mean, the the, the high point for me was like, you know, I, the thing that got me about straight back was the multinationalism of it all. You know, you got people from Australia, you got people from New Zealand, South Africa, not just Malaysia and now Croatia, but. Um, Hungary, Bulgaria, you know, all I mean, you know, just the the ways that, that, that all these people came together to work and this sort of like mad show was just fantastic, and um, and the way that everybody was so, you know, it's a family. People talk about the Strike Back family, but it is, and it sounds cliche, but it's it's totally that. It is totally that, um, and you go through, you know, you go through all this. For want of a better word, madness. But um, and you and you just love doing it. You know, it's like we. I mean, Andy Morgan. I remember my Andy Morgan being in a van with Andy Morgan and saying, you know, we've just. I can't believe we've just did that. And tomorrow <laughs> we're going to do it again. You know, <laughs> I know that was the, the furthest east I've ever been. Um, I got to go to Hong Kong as well. I mean, I didn't. I didn't ever think I would get to Hong Kong, and I went to Hong Kong for a couple of nights, uh, and and. That was amazing, and and just being in Malaysia with this these amazing people and the Malaysian people as well, um, the Malaysian crew. Because the second unit tends to be mainly locals. Uh, we we tend to take the bulk of the local cl- crew. So actually being in a minority, which is quite nice, um, and being so looked after and so respected by these this the locals were was great. Um, lows for um, yeah the, the, some of the locations were probably <laughs> not the best uh, the mall at the end of block 5 was particularly oh, yeah. uh, the, uh, some of the villages that you know when you would be 
sitting by the monitor and you would look down and you'd go, oh, okay, somebody's, you know, that's not what you really want to see going <laughs> past you. Um, the, that seems to happen in every season of Strike Back yeah. from the beginning of the series. That's a constant presence. Constant <laughs> shit presence, yeah. Um, There's our daily pool. <laughs> For me as well, stopping was was really was a real low point. Um, there was a point last year when um, I just sort of like I, I, I'd come home and my kids had gone off to school. My wife was out working; she's she's in the business as well. So she gone off working, and there was a point where I was in the house and I'd, the phone wasn't ringing and I wasn't blowing anything up, and nobody was getting shot. And I was like, okay, <laughs> what do I do now? You know, and. Um, and, uh, and I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that sort of suffer. I've heard about that. That suffers from. It. I know Dan talked to me. He said, "Oh, just the the come down is quite. Yeah. Just watch the come down." He said, and I was like, "Okay." And I didn't believe him at first. Then actually, you know, he's right. You know, the, the, just the intensity of everything, and then the sudden stop just makes you sort of like jerk, just jerk out. Of, oh, right, okay. And now I have to go shopping. You know, <laughs> so that 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 was that's particularly hard. Definitely. Low points, very few, really. You know, one of the big low points is not happening again. That's the that's the massive low point. You know? So um, yeah. yeah, so that that's 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 a shame. But you know, who knows? Never say never. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we gotta hope yeah. it's too good yeah. to just disappear. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I, nobody nobody does a show like that. You know, I mean, exactly, I know. That, yeah. I'm, um, and I and I think um, and I think it's it's you know it's a really a really intelligent show as well as as, mm-hmm. as all the action. I think I think that the issues that we deal with and the sort of things that we touch on, uh, Jack definitely touches on, or, or the the undercurrents within the the season are, are are all extremely relevant and interesting. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and as as a show, you know, it's 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 quite. Uh, it's quite forward thinking and it's it's outlook it's casting and everything. So um yeah. It's a shame. But hey. Thanks and tune in next week for another need to know session at the crib. Follow us on Twitter at Strikeback Crib. Out. Hey.